Welcome back to Lindy Line. Things are really starting to get going now. If you've just joined us, then we're over halfway through the story. You might want to go back to episode one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight before you return to this episode nine, chapter thirty-nine. What Avery saw. Emma looked Avery up and down, but also looked worried. You are his sister, so you'd know if we were related. It came too late and just confirmed what Avery was thinking, but the princess said nothing more. Here you are, said Emma, pushing a rough wooden door open on a very small, upright shed. It was about six feet tall and was square, the sides being about three feet wide each. There was the shape of a saucer moon cut into the door, and there was an unmistakable odour, some might say smell. When her hand held the door, she felt the rough wood it was cut from. When she looked in and saw the bench with a hole, she knew that this was the toilet. Although toilets in castles and palaces looked similar, they smelled better, because the waste shot outside. Here, the waste was underneath the bench, a long way beneath the bench, but still beneath it. Thank you, said Avery. When Emma did not move, she added, I can find my way back. She nodded at the door they passed through to get outside and said, and up the hall to the dining room. Yes, quite. Emma curtsied and turned, her skirts flying out a little to walk back inside. As soon as she had passed through the door, Avery stepped out from the outhouse, quietly closed the door, waving her free hand back and forth across her face. It stank in there. She ran slowly and quietly around toward the front of the inn, watching out for people. She peered around the corner and saw, just before it vanished around another corner, an elf. She pissed to get its attention, waited, but seeing it must be trying to hide from her, ran back the way she came around the back of the inn. Something ducked behind the stables, but as she began to head in that direction, the hunter came outside. All done? he asked. Avery looked him up and down and frowned at him as he looked at the outhouse and back at her. She knew it looked as if she were going to wander off. First time in an outhouse? Sometimes it's hard to go when it's your first time. Never know if someone is listening. And chilly at this time of year, amongst other things, he said. Amongst other things, said Avery, with a firm voice. She almost caught herself looking towards the stables, but stopped. I didn't want to leave you out on your own. Wanted to be sure you were safe, he said. The hunter had noticed the sideways look and turned his head to see what the princess might have been looking at. Then he put his finger to his lips and spoke quietly. We're leaving tomorrow, but not with the guards. They're going to sleep very deeply and won't be here in the morning. Princess Avery gasped, but the hunter put his finger against his lip once more. I have family here. They're going to look after us and we'll get supplies and go and find the unicorn and her family and take them to the Mendips. What are you talking about? But before the hunter could answer, Avery heard footsteps coming from inside. She quickly walked up to the hunter and put her arm through his and led him in the direction of the stables. Just as she had had him turned, the captain walked out. What are you two doing out here? the officer demanded. Just going to look at the horses, said Princess Avery. I love animals, in case you were not aware of that. Sorry, I was not. I'll join you. And he did. 
Princess Avery wasn't sure if she believed the hunter. Maybe this was a trick to get them away from the soldiers and spies, so if there was a reward from Birchwood for the creatures they were looking for, he would get it for himself. But what if he were telling the truth? The elf kept low and moved so quickly he was back with the others before the captain, the hunter and the princess reached the stable and went in. Chapter 40 Jonesy Brings News It had been a long, hard trek, but Michaelmas and Mars Stanhope, Adele and Akamas and Harp had moved quickly. The small group skirted, some might say move around, the edges of the central forest. They passed the rough dirt road that headed to Wilhay and cut out of the forest shortly after that, a little south of Minkbrook, heading for the caves of the Mendips. The west plains rolled gently, but still there was little cover to be had if they needed it. As they rode, Mars Stanhope kept a close eye out, not just for what could turn out to be the enemy, but also for places to take shelter, either from bad weather should it come, or for places to hide. Rocks were strewn about in places, scattered like a giant's game of marbles. Some created potential hiding places, some obscured, some would say hid, the view. Every once in a while, Mars Stanhope would climb up and take a good look around. Off in every direction they were heading, to the northeast where the caves were, a mist was rising out of some of the dales, some would say valleys. There's mist coming over in the northeast, and it looks like it might be getting worse, said Ma. My walking stick can help when we get to it, or if it gets to us first, replied the old man. His back was aching. It had been a long time since he had ridden in the saddle for so long. Usually he walked everywhere. They were coming up to one of the sources of Mink Brook. There was a little mist rising around it. The small stream was maybe only two feet wide, but moved fairly quickly. It must have been raining here the night before, as the water was high. It had risen to the level of the grass they rode on. Over to the left of where they rode, where this part of the stream met another larger stream, the mist was thicker and grew denser every minute. The sun shining down on it made it look like a beautiful silver curtain. "'Do you hear that?' asked Mar Stanhope. "'It sounds like thunder, but it's hooves. A great many hooves.' Michaelmas and Mar Stanhope looked about. They could not tell where it was coming from, and there was nowhere to hide. "'Let's stay still,' said Michaelmas. "'Whoever it is might not come out of the mist, or better yet, ride right by us.' Harp jumped a little, and Michaelmas leaned from his horse to pet her head. "'We'll be all right,' he said. He had spoken with such a soft voice, Mar Stanhope did not even hear him. Akamas and Adele put themselves on either side of their baby, as the sound of hooves got closer and closer. Akamas lifted his head, ears alert. Just then, a herd of deer, led by a huge stag, came crashing out of the mist. They leapt over the stream, and the thunder broke into pieces as groups jumped as one. Mar Stanhope turned and smiled at Michaelmas, who smiled back. That was quite a sight, she said. And they were all running for the sheer pleasure of it. I bet Miss Avery would have loved to have seen that. That's one of the moments I will remember forever. They rode on. Mar Stanhope kept looking about as they travelled over the plains. She pointed to the sky. A small black dot was approaching. She had seen it coming for a while, but it was now flying directly towards them. I think I can see Jonesy, she said. 
The black dot there. It was flying in this direction, but a little bit here and then a little bit there. Then it sort of locked on to us. Michaelmas squinted and grunted. They kept riding, and the magical creatures kept moving with them as the bird got closer. Michaelmas squinted again, and a smile grew on his face. You know, Mars Stanhope, you don't realise how close you are to someone or something until it leaves you. I do love that old bird. The raven swooped down, and landing on the man's shoulder, Jonesy told Michaelmas all he knew, then nibbled his ear. It seemed the love was mutual, some might say shared. Chapter 41. Into Wilhay. Riley stood up when the last elf came back. One of them had found some food and brought it back for Private Stanhope and Princess Riley. Sophia had stayed behind to make sure the humans stayed safe. The food was bread and cheese. The bread was still warm and tasted good, and the cheese filled them up with wonderful flavours. Were you able to find out what is happening in the village? asked Riley. Well, yes, but did I hear the truth or a falsehood? Some would say lie, replied the elf. He told them what he had heard the hunter telling Avery, but that it could be a trick. Tommy Stanhope of the city guard said, I think we should rest up now. We have food in our stomachs and we'll need to be ready and fresh when night comes. Then we can move into the village. If the soldiers are taken away, then we can join the hunter and Avery and make sure he does go to the Mendips. And if he's been lying, then we can take him on, said Sophia. Princess Riley nodded. I think that's a good plan. She removed her sword from the scabbard and looked it over. She studied the runes, the engravings on the pummel and hilt. Swinging it once or twice through the air, she tested its weight before returning it to its home. The elf which had brought the food ran off to the village and came back with more blankets. We can return them later, he said. And with that, Sophia and the elves, who did not need much rest, stood guard whilst the others slept. Loud sounds woke Riley and Tommy at the same time that the elves shook them. Sophia dragged Tommy from under the blankets. Get on your horse, quick! What's happening? asked Princess Riley, struggling to wake. She saw her horse was already saddled, as was Tommy's. Something's gone wrong at the inn. There's fighting, cried Sophia. Riley was taken aback when the elf, despite her size, lifted the princess and helped her onto the horse. Sophia picked up Riley's sword and handed it to her. Riley listened to the sound of fighting in the village as she tied the swords to her belt. The princess could hear crashes and shouts. Her horse got a little jumpy, and so she leaned forward and whispered gently in its ear while she patted its neck. It was a trick Avery taught her and always worked. It's okay, boy, she stroked the horse. I know you're not used to this much noise, but it won't last long. Just help me out here. We need to rescue my sister. Princess Riley drew her sword and looked at Tommy. He drew his sword and wheeled the horse to face the village. With a snap of his heels, the horse took off with Riley right beside him. The elves ran with the horses, easily keeping up. As the riders came into the high street of the village, they drew up quickly. The hunter was held tightly by the captain, who had him by the neck, but was twisting and trying to escape the grasp. The Birchwood soldiers were fighting, swords flashing through the evening air. One lantern lay on its side, some of the oil spilt on the ground, burning. One man with a crooked back stood over a young man cowering and clutching the stick pressed against his chest, unable to move it. Others were coming from buildings in the village, and soon the soldiers were face down on the ground, weapons discarded. Mercy, mercy, they cried, voices muffled in the street dirt. The hunter was struggling hard, but the grip around his neck was strong. 
Riley saw and set a horse into motion. As it came upon the crowd, she leapt from it. The horse continued to run. Riley landed squarely on the back of the captain, who was knocked hard to the ground with the hunter. The hunter's head hit the road as he broke the impact for the captain. The hunter lay still. The captain turned, drawing his knife, but Riley's sword was already at his throat. "'Where is my sister?' she said with almost a whisper. The innkeeper, Emma, ran up to Princess Riley. "'The spies took her, your highness,' said the landlady. The captain looked at Emma with horror on his face. "'You knew the girl was Avery?' Princess Riley pushed the sword against the man's neck and said, "'Her Royal Highness Princess Avery to you. Where did they go? "'Why should I tell you? Every minute I don't tell you, the further away they get.' The captain smiled a horrid smile, but he lost it quickly when Riley pressed the sword harder still. With a quick flick, so fast no one saw how it happened, Riley nicked the captain's cheek and it began to bleed a little. "'Where are they taking my sister?' princess demanded again. "'Do you know Robbie?' asked Richard, the man with the stick, addressing the young man at his feet. "'No,' Robbie stuttered. "'I just told them you were planning to make them sleep for a week and leave.' His eyes were wide. Richard shook his head. No one noticed the elves running around the village looking at the ground. Sophia came up beside Princess Riley and said, "'We found the tracks. They've taken horses, it looks like. we found the tracks.' Some of the men in the village came and took the captain away. Riley watched as he was bound in rope and roughly thrown into a cart. After they bound him and his fellow soldiers, they were tied on the cart. Canvas sacks were put over their heads. Richard moved back from the young man and said, Take this one too. Once the boy was in the cart, it was driven off. Where are they being taken? Princess Riley asked Emma, as she and Private Stanhope mounted their horses. Somewhere far away, out on the plains, where it will take them a good many days or weeks to find their way home, replied Emma, if they can find food. Chapter 42 Sisters Reunited Princess Riley clicked her heels gently against her horse and followed the lead of the elven folk. Sophia ran on ahead with her two helpers on either side of her, running and searching the ground. Every once in a while they would change direction suddenly and Tommy and Riley would rein the horses around and keep following. The mist made it hard to see more than ten feet away. As the morning grew brighter, the mist kept rising everywhere. When the sunlit struck it, Riley and Tommy felt as if there was a wall of light before them. Sophia seemed to be able to see beyond this wall and continued to run and lead them, hopefully towards Princess Avery. They were travelling due west and towards the border of Birchwood. Both the princess and the private were good riders, but it took all their skill to keep the elven folk in sight. Sophia and the two other elves slowed quickly and raised their hands, waving them down. Sophia turned and walked to Princess Riley. She spoke in hushed tones. These tracks are so fresh they could be right next to us. I'm guessing they are indeed near, Sophia said. Riley nodded. Stanhope dismounted, and looking at the ground, walked towards the elves. "'What tracks have you been following?' he asked, with a voice so low that the princess barely heard what he said. Sophia turned, but one of the other elves answered. "'These are the tracks. They will be easy to follow,' he said, "'unless we hit rock. The ground is soft. It must have rained here last night.' He bent down and pointed to the tracks which young Stanhope had already seen. "'We can follow these, princess,' said Tommy, looking at Riley.' 
Good, said Sophia. We will circle the area and try to stop them, hopefully making them retreat towards you. Good plan. Are you ready, Tommy? asked Riley from up in her saddle. Can you lead your horse and track the soldiers, or should I take your horse for you? Yes, your highness, I can lead her myself, but thank you, said Tommy. Princess Riley drew her sword as silently and slowly as possible. Tommy drew his sword, and with one hand holding the weapon and the other his horse's reins, began to follow the tracks. Riley stayed right behind him, and the elves vanished in the mist. Tommy walked slowly, his feet pushing into the soft ground. He could feel the dampness trying to get into his shoes. The silence was so strong it was eerie. The mist and soft earth absorbed the few sounds there were hiding them. It was, however, the same for the spies they were tracking. Sometimes the horses' bridles rattled, but the sound was soft. Sometimes the horses would snort, but not too loudly. It seemed as if they, too, knew the need for silence. As he got used to the terrain and tracks, Tommy began to walk faster, with Riley one step behind. Tommy Stanhope wiped the cold mist from his face, thinking, at least this will keep us alert. The horse on which Princess Riley rode suddenly pricked up its ears. The princess softly whispered bird-like, and Tommy turned. Riley held up a hand and put it to her ear. There was a scuffling sound and a moan. Quickly and quietly, Princess Riley climbed down from her horse, dropped the reins to the ground. Tommy Stanhope did the same with his. With swords drawn, the two crouched low and moved forward as fast as they dared. A breeze blew hard and the mist moved, twirled and twisted as if dancing and they saw shapes. Riley sprang forward. The spies ran deeper into the mist, one on horseback with something behind him on the saddle, the other about to leap onto his horse. Tommy ran after them, cursing under his breath. Then the morning light began to burn off the mist. And that's it for this chapter and this episode. Please tune back again, same time, same place, tomorrow, for another exciting episode of Lindy Line. An original story by Simon Brooks. Bye.